Welcome to the DLA Piper Media Sport and Entertainment Podcast. In this series, we explore the latest trends and challenges facing businesses today and how we must evolve to meet them both in the short and longer term. Each episode, our leading lawyers and guest speakers from across the worlds of media, sport and entertainment discuss market and legal insight on a wide range of issues. We will take a deeper dive into these topics at our MSC Summit later this year. We encourage you to register for the summit by visiting www.dlapiper.com slash MSE Summit. Hello, I'm Sahail Ali, a litigation partner at DLA Piper, and I'm joined by my colleague Marie Fagan, uh, an associate in our Leeds office. Uh, we are both members of the media, sport and entertainment team, and we welcome you to this podcast series. In this episode, we will give an overview of force majeure and frustration and how it affects businesses in this sector with an opportunity to explore this further at our MSC Summit. Marie, welcome and thank you for joining me today. Thanks, Ahail. It's great to be here and I'm very much looking forward to our discussion. Great. Marie, I remember reading about force majeure and frustration when I was at university and at law school, and it all seemed relatively straightforward back then in those problem questions you probably remember that we used to get in an exam you would be looking out for that really obvious extraneous event. It would usually be war or fire or some other act of God and and off you'd go in the exam applying the test. But ever since I became a practicing lawyer, I don't know about you, but I was quite disappointed because it just seemed to be boilerplate language at the end of a contract. And it became clear that in practice, it was very difficult to rely on uh, either force majeure or frustration. And for almost 15 years as a lawyer, I never had a single case where I actually pleaded or had pleaded against me a force majeure or frustration. And then we had COVID and all of a sudden we all became experts on force majeure and frustration. And we all started reading our force majeure clauses and we were trying to work out whether they applied, whether the clauses referred to pandemics and whether that was in fact enough to trigger the clause. Now, of course, we've got the Ukraine crisis and the resulting sanctions on Russia and the impact that that has on supply chains and, of course, the rising energy prices as a result. So right now, I would say that force majeure and frustration is the most topical issue in litigation and nearly every new instruction that I have received over the last few weeks has had a force majeure angle or question to it. And and this has largely been the trend for the last two years. Today, of course, we're discussing this in the context of the media, sport and entertainment sector. And I know, Marie, you're heavily involved, in particular, in the hospitality and the sports sectors. The question to you is, have you seen or are you seeing similar issues arising in this space as well? Yes, we're definitely seeing these issues arising in this space. And COVID obviously had a massive effect on the staging of sports and entertainment events around the world. Sahail, I know you're also a massive Liverpool fan. And we were both pretty disappointed when football was suspended for a period of time. And then the games were played behind closed doors with no spectators. 
And throughout this period with the COVID pandemic, we obviously acted for a number of our hospitality and leisure clients who were on the receiving end of force majeure notices as a result of events that could no longer go ahead. And I think I read somewhere that the pandemic caused the most disruption to the worldwide sporting calendar since World War II. Of course, Sahil, and as you've said, in the wake of the Ukraine crisis, this has brought force majeure and frustration back into the spotlight once more. There is obviously the situation, as we've seen in the press recently, at Chelsea Football Club with Roman Abramovich being sanctioned. And I think at one point there was talk about the club not being able to pay the players' wages or for the players to be able to travel to away games. And a number of sports and organisations have also decided to sever ties with Russia. I think we've seen recently the Champions League final has been moved from St. Petersburg to Paris. Also, a number of countries are refusing to play their upcoming World Cup matches in Russia. And we've also seen recently that Formula One has said that it will not include the Russian Grand Prix as part of his race schedule. So there's going to be one less race this season. All of these decisions and events have knock-on effects on commercial contracts. And for the people who've booked tickets to attend these events or they've booked accommodation in these locations where the events are taking place. Agreed. And it's not just sports. I think we should remember that are affected. It's also the media and entertainment sector more generally as well. I know a number of well-known production companies They've all paused distribution of new movies in Russia and Cannes has even barred the Russian delegation from attending the festival later in the year. As the partner, let me exercise my prerogative to delegate and ask the difficult question. So let's start with the basics. What is force majeure and when is it invoked or when can it be invoked? Thanks, Sahil. That's a great question. A force majeure clause is a clause in a contract which is a result of certain defined events which are beyond the control of the parties. This will essentially entitle the party to suspend performance of all or part of their obligations and liabilities for non-performance so long as the force majeure event is subsisting. Okay, that sounds straightforward enough, but as you and I both know, because it's a contractual remedy the drafting of the force majeure clause is, is everything. So when you're relying on a force majeure clause, the first thing to check is that the relevant force majeure event is captured by the clause. If it's a pandemic or sanctions, are they actually covered by your clause? And sometimes they'll be expressly included. And sometimes you might have to rely on more general wording such as events or acts or circumstances that are beyond the reasonable control of the parties. So that's number one. The next thing to check is whether that event has caused the non-performance of the obligations. Because actually, it might be that the pandemic or the sanctions are not actually the reason that you cannot perform the contract. It might actually be that whilst there is a pandemic, and whilst there may be sanctions in place, there are other factors slightly removed from them, uh, which are causing you to not perform. And the courts will really look at this critically. And then the other thing to check is 
the obvious, which is what does the force majeure clause actually say? Does it require performance to be prevented or actually is uh, something akin to delay or hindrance sufficient? Because if it's prevention, that's obviously a much higher bar. You're going to have to prove that you cannot now perform under the contract. But if it's hindrance or delay, that actually doesn't require you to prove that the performance of the contract is no longer possible and you may be able to rely on it simply because it's become more difficult. And that obviously is a very fact-specific exercise. So Marie, sometimes you might not be able to rely on a force majeure clause or actually often, as you and I have seen, your contract might not even have a force majeure clause. So what do you do in those circumstances? So in that case, you may be able to rely upon what is known as the doctrine of frustration. The doctrine of frustration, this is a common law remedy which discharges obligations under a contract. However, the test is really high though. So what you need to be able to show is that there is an unforeseen event which was not contemplated by the parties when they entered into the contract. That unforeseen event must go to the heart of the contract and that unforeseen event must render performance under the contract either impossible, illegal or radically different to what was undertaken at the start of the contract. So just because something has become harder or more expensive will not be enough. Sahil, at the start you were obviously talking about the rise in energy prices due to the sanctions and the situation in Russia. If you have a contract and just because oil and gas have become more expensive, this will not be sufficient for you to then turn around and say the contract is now radically different or impossible to perform. Yeah, in 15 years, I've never actually seen a contract which has been deemed frustrated. But I think in the last six to eight weeks, I've probably had a couple of cases where I think, you know, we're in that territory, which is remarkable given, as you say, how high the bar is set and it really does show that we're living in unprecedented circumstances and I don't know if you recall this but what I thought was really interesting during the pandemic was the cabinet office came out actually and issued some guidance about parties being strongly encouraged to act responsibly and I really struggled with that because it felt and sounded to me a bit like the concept of good faith but obviously under English law we don't have a general doctrine of good faith and it's you know reasonably well established and reasonably well trodden path that unless the contract has an express duty of good faith, courts in England are generally reluctant to imply a duty of good faith and they will do so in certain limited circumstances. For example, where there are relational contracts or there are fiduciary duties between parties or when a party actually has a contractual discretion. And I wondered whether parties would be relying on this cabinet office guidance when parties were trying to terminate contractual relationships or because they couldn't get a refund for a sporting event that they had booked. And I thought it would be interesting to see how the courts would react, but because clearly it wasn't binding, but the issue didn't seem to arise. So I guess as we try and wrap things up, what would be your top tips for clients in the MSC sector who are grappling with these commercial issues arising out of sanctions or supply chains 
or cancellations more generally? I think the most important practical tip for clients would be make sure that you take early legal advice, especially if you find yourself in a situation where either you're looking to invoke a force majeure clause or rely upon the doctrine of frustration, or if you find yourself in a situation where you have received a force majeure notice. This is really important because the consequences for terminating on the basis of force majeure or frustration, which later turn out to be wrong, could be very damaging as that party will then be in breach of contract. And I think it's also really important for the parties to read carefully the contract and understand what relevant provisions they're hoping to rely upon. And I don't just mean, you know, read the force majeure clause in the contract. You also need to focus on the other related provisions, such as the termination clause and what is the notice provision under the agreement. And finally, I think parties should bear in mind that there's also a duty to mitigate. So in certain circumstances, that could be sourcing alternative suppliers or putting in place new arrangements. That's fantastic. And that's really clear, Marie, and really good practical advice. Look, I really enjoyed this session. It's fascinating and and we could have carried on for much longer. And it's an issue that our clients are really trying to grapple with at the moment. But that wraps it up for this episode of the DLA Piper Media Sport and Entertainment Podcast. We hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. Please do take a moment to subscribe to our podcast using your usual subscription platform and also register for our MSC Summit taking place virtually towards the end of the year. Please also visit www.dlapiper.com forward slash MSE Summit. And we hope you can join us then. Thanks for listening.